here with the EPB podcast, and this is episode number seven. How's everybody doing today? Good. Lucky number seven. And we do have a special guest with us today, um, but I will start introducing everybody else first. So how's everything going? Anisha, what's up? I'm good, boo. What's going on? It's um, Sunday, as always, and uh, it is hot as hell in Memphis, as (laughs) always. And I got this nice little wine. What is this called again? Kung Fu Girl. Kung Fu Girl. This shit is popping. So um, I'm good. I'm sipping. Sipping Sundays. So <laughs> that's what's up with me. All right. Clink, clink. Joel, what's up? What's how Houston treating you? Man, I'm, I'm tired of shit. I tell you that. <laughs> so no, like really, no no days off. Uh, you know, fr- Friday I was down at uh down at the uh, at BBVA Compass Stadium with a uh, guy, guy uh, who's this athlete that a lot of people have never heard of by the name of uh, Lionel Messi, who is, uh, you know, perhaps probably the highest paid athlete ever, <laughs> or at least in the, uh, at least in the world right now. Um, I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then last night I did a, uh, did a, a uh, sat in and, and co-hosted for a uh, sports talk show. Right after that, I went back to the same stadium and uh, covered Texas Southern versus Prairie View, which uh, Prairie View won that football game. Uh, wasn't even close. They won the uh, they won the field show and they won the football game. So they went two and zero last night. And tonight, I've got a uh, got to go back on the same radio station because they asked me to come back and, and fill in again. So so it's really no days off for me this weekend. But I enjoy it, so I can't complain too much. All right. That's cool. You're getting paid, though, right? You're saying free? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, no. But the problem is that this morning, I, the guy behind me had to nudge me a little bit in church because, you know, I was kind of nodding off a little bit, you know. So, passed away to hitting on much anyway in the message. So, it's like, man, that's just even more. And it was cold, too. The AC was blowing. I was sitting right underneath the vent. I was like, man, this is a perfect storm right here. Let me catch some Z's. Uh, that is when Bedside Baptist is your friend. Right. Yeah, it was almost going to be my friend, but I, I wouldn't have made it to Bedside Baptist, to be honest. I would have just, you know, been dro- been drooling. So I felt like I had to go just so I can, you know, get out and, you know, walk a little bit and, you know, try not to doze off. But, of course, I ended up doing it anyway. So okay. it is what it is. But, um, Ted, what's going on with you, man? Man, I am good. Uh, <clears throat> this week I got two guests in my home. <laughs> I got first. I got Anisha and Bridget over here. They uh drinking them a wine and uh we just we just kicking it, man. I'm happy to have this uh three day weekend, you know. Dealing with kids five days a week. Uh it's pretty exhausting, man. I, I love what I do, but it's always good. The one thing that's great about education is you get plenty of vacation days, man. You get every holiday, so I take advantage of it. You sure ain't got to rub that shit. Hey, but, but we good over here, man. We good. Cool. So I will introduce our special guest today. Um, you may know him from Little Brother. You may know him from Foreign Exchange. His he has many many aliases, but I'll just call him Sir Fonte. What's up, man? How you doing? What's happening? What's happening? Thank y'all for having me. No problem. Thank you for ha- thank you for uh, coming to the uh, show today. We appreciate it so much. Yes, yes, yes. We're excited. Can't even lie, man. <laughs> I try not to be excited over another man. 
let me tell you. So a few weeks ago, we were, I guess, a little bit of a of a background. We were talking about, um, you know, because the new uh, your new album was coming out, the new foreign exchange. Okay. And so we were we were talking like kind of like offline, and and uh, I said. You know, because I, I remember seeing the, the pre-order on iTunes, but I couldn't remember the date at the time. So I was like, "Hey, uh, anybody know when the uh, foreign exchange?" And before I can even get exchange out, somebody—I'm <laughs> not gonna say who it was—but somebody name. said I was 21st, like real quick. <laughs> and I couldn't even get exchange out. It was like as soon as I said foreign, I was like, "Oh well, shit!" I, I guess uh, I guess we know. <laughs> I guess we know who's who. So. Uh, but yeah, we we really do appreciate you coming on. You're the the very first uh, guest that we we've, we've had on. Usually it's just us four, and yeah, it's usually plenty. But we when we decided to uh, we made the decision as a group to uh, you know start having guests on. You were the, you were the very first one that everybody pretty much was like, yeah, we we you know we really need to see if we can get Fonte on. So we really do appreciate it. Ah, thank y'all for having me, brother. It's all it's all good. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was nervous hell, nervous as hell to ask you. I was like, oh shit, I don't know if I want to just climb. I mean, go into his DMs and ask because this shit just don't. Don't into the DMs. Don't into the DMs. What's in the DMs? I'm like, oh, that's all the way I know how to get in contact with you. And then I talked to my husband about it, and he was like, well, how else were you gonna get in contact with him? I was just like, I don't know, but I guess I do have to talk to the DMs and ask. So, <laughs> I feel like no, like I, I mean, we've only met like once or twice. But, like I swear, like really, you're like the cousin that I never had. Like you were like, I mean, I had you. I'm not half cousin. I'm black. I got plenty of fucking cousins. But um, but no, you're like my Memphis cousin that like I never had. Cause I don't have cousins in Memphis. So. Yeah, totally. Like like just we the shit that you be posting and like. Just your references and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is like, this is like my fucking cousin, dude, in, in, in Memphis. So, yeah, like you and me, us never part. We, we no weapon, no plan to form against Bridget Shaw Prosper. All my team, all that fly shit. Nigga. <laughs> and she got your back, boo. Don't worry about it, cause I swear, <laughs> evil word come against you, Tay. I will cut a motherfucker. See, see, don't play that that fun thing, for real. But yeah, we're really excited to have you on the show, and um, thanks for saying you're going to stay, stick around for the whole show. So. Yes, because it would be nice to get your view on some of these things we got to talk about. Sure, sure. Let's talk about All it. right, let's jump into the word of the week. Word of the week. We're going to go ahead and get this out the way, and uh, I don't know which one of y'all came up with this word, but I'm surprised it wasn't the first word we came up with. So, um, the, so the word of the week is junk. So, junk. Spell it. J-U-N-T, junk. <laughs> and so, of course, the uh, Urban Dictionary describes it as a person, place, or thing, and it's primarily used in Memphis. Of course. Of course. We know this. Of course. And, um, but when I heard it growing up, stout came in front of it. So, I always heard the term stout junk. Sort of like the girl, it did. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that. You've never heard stout junk? I've never stopped John. I've heard John. I got I got a homie uh, in Memphis uh, that actually lived here for a little while, and uh, he moved back. But he would always use John. So, but stop John. I ain't. That's new. 
Uh, yeah, Stout John. Yeah, Stout John is like just a really thick woman, like, you know, like everything, uh, just Stout, just Stout John. You know, uh, and then there's also there's also like we said, person, place, the thing. So that would be the example of a of a person. Um, there's also the other example of you know you could also say John is like you know your side piece. You know that that's my John. So it could be male or female. You know, keep it real. But uh, there's also shake John, which is what a lot of people that's in a, Memphis. Like a strip club, right? Yeah, that's the strip club. Yeah, so that's the place. You know, and then the thing, the junk is like, you know, they, the junk can be, you know, your house or somebody's house, you know, let, you know, let's go. Because it was kind of like a derivative of, I just used the word derivative, kind of like a derivative of the word joint, you know, so right, it's right. junk. So, so yeah, it has de- several different, different meanings. This is like, this is like a fantastic, like, ethno-linguistic lesson. Like, this is, this is really, like, y'all can fuck around and be teaching a class at a college somewhere on this shit. Like, this is, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Well, Ted's the educator, so. Hey. And, and Bun B teaches down here at Rice, so, I mean, you know, it, it could happen. Yeah, it's not far-fetched at all. Like, it really, it really real down. I'm going to put the shit on my vision board to teach Memphis <laughs> linguistics. linguistics. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put this shit on my vision board. The many phrases that Memphis words. Man, it is a plethora. Yes. So, yes. But yes, that's our word for today. All right, then. So that was our word. You've heard from our special guest, and he's going to stick around. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into our first break. And when we come back, it'll be the barbecue pit. So stay tuned. Like caution, pause your boy paint a portrait of the artist as a young man starving, young man learning with so many turns and twists in his flow that you might get car sick, might be awarded for beefing, but you don't want beef. Whole nigga eat a parsnip. Might see niggas act bitch, but then they want to switch and hitch they little red wagon to your starship. Please, Mr. Coleman, find to beg your pardon. Don't mean to float, but I would love to float up on your love. To get away from my hardship Now I see why niggas be on that rock star shit Because the game will make you paranoid And all your friends and your foes say it come with the territory They wanna watch you die so like Miss F boys So when I do my own thing I know I'm better for it They always ask and do how you feel You look like Okay, we're back with the barbecue pit uh, Again, if you, you, you missed it earlier We got we got our boy Fonte in the house Joining us on this uh, episode um, today we're going to discuss the new Point Exchange album, Tales from the Land of Milk and Honey. Now, before we move on, let me just go ahead and admit that I was the one calling, uh, screaming at the day about the Point Exchange that Jewel was talking about. That was me. That was me. Um, I am, I am truly a fan, and, and I'll be honest, I, uh, I didn't catch on until um, Leave It All Behind. Okay. I was kind of late. But I just remember Bridget, your cousin, talking about <laughs> leaving it all behind one day on Twitter, and I was at work. And so uh, I ended up, and, and go, went, I went ahead and bought the album just because I trust her, her musical judgment. And dude, I swear to God, I paid this shit for like six months straight. <laughs> oh man, thank you. I, that, look, and they can attest to you, before we called you, I had my Apple TV going. We was watching all the videos. They got them bought the videos on, on iTunes. <laughs> wow. Yes, um, the 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 shit was phenomenal. Just the way that you guys literally told the story of like your your typical relationship from the beginning stages all the way to the end. I mean, 
you don't find that in a lot of music today. Like today, when you get albums, it's just niggas just put together some songs that sound good. We're going to pick the best ones, and that's the album. Rarely do people actually tell a story, so I really appreciated that about that album. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. Um, But we're going to talk about Tales from the Land of Milk, Milk and Honey, and we're also going also gonna to use this time to kind of like pick Fonte's brain about, you know, future projects and what else he has going on right now. Um, I'll let somebody lead in with the first question. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Bridget. I'm going to let you lead in. I'm going to let your cousin lead in with the first question. All right. Okay. So, um, we all know we're all huge fans of uh, foreign exchange projects, and all of them don't sound alike. They all have their own different um, tones. So, I just want to know what was the inspiration for this album? Um, uh, For this one, I think. Uh... I think the idea was just really was kind of more of a um, just some more of a collective kind of group effort. You know, we really, you know, the foreign exchange is is still uh, Nicolay and myself, and uh, you know, we're still in essence a two man crew. Uh, but uh, with this record, we wanted to incorporate uh, members of our touring band into it a lot as well, and so uh, we incorporated Zoe. He co-produced the entire record with us, and uh, also. Carmen Rogers and Tamisha Wade, who sings in our band, in our touring band. And so I just always, always liked the idea of like a mixed uh, gender group. And so when we were doing photos for the record, you know, it's kind of a lot of times for us, um, the, the, the album cover ideas, they actually come before the music, you know what I'm saying? And so um, with this one, you know, me and Nick were talking, I was like, man, I think it'll be dope to have something that plays on like a chic uh, kind of meets Fleetwood Mac kind of vibe, just that band that uh, has both men and women in it. And, uh, you know, they kind of play together. It's not like in a sexual, of course, but it's just that you have interplay between all the members of the band. And so uh, that was the idea. And so uh, when we were making it, uh, a lot of our sessions were just really fast and just really loose, you know what I'm saying? And I recorded the album I think it's the quickest like we've done a record and so uh but it was just very loose very a lot of fun i mean i hope people can hear the fun in the in the record and um that was the idea we just wanted to make something like definitely a nod to like the 80s stuff of chic um and like some funk like slave me doing um steve errington <laughs> joint, uh <laughs> working to the top actually i wrote that for steve i actually wanted steve to do it and um i reached out to some try to get in touch with him through some people and it never materialized and so after a while um nick and so like everybody they were just like dude just keep it you know what i'm saying just like just fuck it just keep it you know what i mean and so because you know after you listen to something for so long you kind of get used to it so they were like nah just fuck it just keep it just keep it so we kept it but uh but i originally wrote that one for uh oh god what are we doing for? i saw yeah that was for steve that was for steve um, body was uh, I think body that was an idea. I, um, me and Zoe had started. I started writing it um, for Sean Stockman of Boys the Men. Oh, shit. Yeah, me and him, me and him had been uh, we had been talking for a little while. We was like, yo, man, like we're gonna do something, we're gonna do something, whatever. And um, he's a fucking monster. Like Sean is, is like a beast. And so that was an original idea that I was gonna send to him. Uh, but by the time we did it, we were already kind of like track. We were already maybe like five tracks into the album. And so by the time me and Carmen finished it, 
I was like, nah, I can't give this shit up. This shit is jamming. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't come up with this. This motherfucker jamming. <laughs> so, um, so that was that. But uh, but yeah, that was um, those were just some of the kind of the ideas that we had, and um, you know, we we just wanted to do every record is a, is a new journey, and um, you know, my thing is the most the biggest crime that you can have as an artist is just to be boring you know what i mean you never you can you can make mistakes you can fail you can you know might make a record that's like okay this is not you know and maybe this didn't hit the mark or whatever but you can never be boring you can never be predictable and um my stance is that as long as i can keep myself interested in music then hopefully i can keep my fans interested in well as well you know once i because if i'm bored then i know y'all for yeah, well, you have never been boring, so so since the album has just released, and I know that Nicolay uh, intro- uh, released City Lights Volume 3 uh, earlier in the year, when can we, or are we going to see a uh, follow-up to Charity Starts at Home? Are we going to see another solo project from you? I don't know. I've got big. You know what? It doesn't have to be rap because I really do enjoy your voice. Um, so I'm just looking for just something. Nah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, it's it's well, the thing with me is just like I never really. I don't know. Like I, I'd always like existed in groups and existed, you know, as a part of like another thing. And uh, being like solo was something that never. It never appealed to me. It was something that never really, I don't know. I, it, I never really, um, I never really like enjoyed it like that. Um, you know, it, it when we did charity, when I finally did charity in 2011, you know what I'm saying? It was, um, it took me a while to write just because a lot of times when in the context of a group, you have someone else there who can pull you back from the ledge. You know what I'm saying? You have someone else who was like, okay, dude, like, I know you did that 50 times, but really, you don't have to do it 51. You can stop, right? You know what I mean? You can, I can put the shit down and go the fuck away. You know what I'm saying? But when, you know, when you're producing yourself, um, you know, that it's really tough to produce yourself. And um, it's, it's really, um, it's really trying because you, you, you have to hear another voice somewhere. You have to have another voice that tells you that, okay, this is good. And um, I think all of my projects, you know, just in over the course of my career, you know, I think they've all been driven. I think they've all been driven by the belief that it's not good enough. I think that's like something that always drives me. I'm always looking like I'm like, nah, this is not. This ain't it. This ain't it. This ain't it. <laughs> and so um, finally, you get to the point where it's like, well, look, I gotta put this shit out. So fuck it. It's it's gonna be what it's gonna be. But uh, solo records are really tough for me. And so. Um, I don't know. It's just a matter of I'm thinking like, do I want to put myself like through that fucking torture again? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. If I feel like I got something to say, then I'll do something. But um, I just don't want to waste people's time if I don't feel like I can come with it. Like if I come all the way, all the way with it. I don't want to just put no bullshit out. So we'll see. You know what? When you said that, it made me think about a tweet that you tweeted a, a long time ago that I favorited, but I, it, it sparked a conversation between some friends now. But you said that you came to the realization that you re- you release a lot more music if you didn't have that nagging over women need to actually be good. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And I mean, and that's not a you know a not going by particular. It's just you know I I hear a lot of stuff that comes out, and I mean you know a, a, a 
a buddy of mine told me like a long time ago, you know what I'm saying? We, in the game, you know, we was having a discussion and he was just like, you know, in this game, he's like, you're either a Michael or you're a Prince. He's like, you're either a Michael or you're a Prince. And the idea was that, you know, Prince was very much a guy who, I mean, you know, if you listen to his recordings, you know, as, as genius as they were, they were really rough. They were really, I mean, he would record with, he didn't care about equipment. He didn't care about, it had to be in a proper studio. He would record shit like in like Purple Rain. A lot of that was recorded like in a mobile kind of setup that's really, really just kind of crude. You know what I mean? And, uh, but he just didn't care versus, and he would put out records, you know, fucking six, eight, nine months right after each other. Like he was like fucking doing DMX in the 90s shit in like 85 and shit. So, you know what I mean? So, but then there was Michael, who was very much a perfectionist, who was, you know, very much like he, every time he put out a record, it was an event. Like he put out Thriller in 83. Niggas ain't get bad to 87. You know what I mean? And, and so every time he came out and didn't get dangerous to 91. You know what I mean? So he was very much, you know, kind of a, a perfectionist in that state. And so, the thing with me and Nick is that he's the prince of the outfit and I'm the Michael. Like he is, Nick will just cut and like do stuff and like he's very much works in that way where I'm the one that's like, I just will sit and like want to wait and execute it and make sure it's all the way right. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I sometimes if I didn't have that need to like, like if, if I just didn't have that fucking need to like really be good, man, nigga, I'll be putting out mixtapes every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm if I if I if I could just let go of that part, I'd shit, nigga, what? I mean, nigga, new mixtape, it'd be new to the low Wednesday, every goddamn Wednesday. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we like you just the way you are. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you well, spe yeah, speaking of uh of I guess collaborations, um as an artist, like how do you how do you pick who you're going to do, uh, who you're going to work with? Um, the reason I ask is because one of my one of my favorite songs, actually, the past few years, um, the really past um, as far as favorite artist uh, the past few years is Anthony David. Oh yeah. And yeah, you know, of course you were uh, you were on uh, Forevermore. Um, but how do you how do you pick like which artists you're going to work with or um, you know as far as like on their particular albums because you just said yourself that you're the type of person that you're a perfectionist and you know normally you know you, you could just sit on something and until you feel like it's right but now you're working with another artist and you know, so how does that how does that kind of play out? Oh man, that was something that honestly it took me a while to come around to. Not that song in particular, but. Uh, it took me a while when we first started um when we first started making records you know saying uh in with little brother like back in like oh this is like oh two oh three and so we would get calls from cats they'd be like yo we want you to do this record or do whatever and so back then i mean it wasn't really it wasn't really a whole lot i guess kind of same way it is now it wasn't a whole lot of hey come to the studio and do this you know what i'm saying and do that you know what i mean um there, it would just really be you would just record something and send it to them and you would have the faith that they didn't fuck it up you know what i mean and that was really hard for me i mean i would do records and like send them do my part send them off and then the record would come out and like they would have my verse off a beat or two and like i'm like how the fuck do y'all not hear this this sounds terrible like you got me sounding like goddamn 
Still the shock at this bitch. Like, what the fuck? Y'all don't rap like that? What the fuck y'all doing? And that shit, like, pissed me the fuck off, like, for real. And so it took me a while, you know what I mean, to just learn to just let it go. And, you know, I, I would talk to, you know, some of some of the, the older guys in the game, you know what I mean, some of my OGs, and they was just like, look, taste like, man, check cleared, just let it go. You know what I mean? If you, if you did the record, you got your check. He's like, look, you know, I know, you know, people, because the thing is, that could be the first time somebody hear you, you know what I'm saying? That could be the first time, you know, and if the first time they they heard of Fonte, but the first time they hear you is the shit, you sound like goddamn, it ain't my fault, nigga. <laughs> Which it ain't my fault is a jam, I'm not saying, but <laughs> it ain't my fault it's a jam. But, you know, I don't want to sound like some jocker, but whatever. So, yeah, dude, so it took a while. So, um, once I kind of got through that, I was like, all right, well, let me just, I can, I can just do it, and it, it is what it is. So with the specifically, specifically with that Fever Moore record, uh, that was when it was funny, man. Anthony reached out to me on Twitter about that record in like '09, and um, a lot, a lot of people don't really realize just how long it took. He reached out to me in that record in '09, and uh, he was just like, "Yo, I got this joint. Like, what's up, nigga? Do this shit now." <laughs> <laughs> so he emailed it to me, and um, I heard it, and I was like, "Yeah, this is dope." And so. Um, he was just like, look, man, you know, my budget ain't was so big, you know, I only got, you know, this amount, you know, it ain't a lot. And so I was like, well, yo, man, I just think this shit is dope. I mean, I'll I, I rock on it. And so we did it. I, I knocked it out in 09. That was one of the last records that I did um, at our old studio before I built my studio at home. And so, uh, yeah, we did it. And then I guess like a year later, that was when he, he did his deal with E1 and they put out his... Uh, the As Above, So Below record. And he was like, yo, radio is gonna get behind this. And I was like, all right. And I mean, next thing I knew, it was like a number one record. And the amount of work, the radio campaign that they put into it to make it a number one record, like it was, it was like a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, it was just something that, you know, I just did. And um, for me, it was just very much, I even talked about it on Twitter a lot of times. Like people would think, that because they asked me like okay well what determines what you will collab with a nigga on and you know for me it's just really it's just about the quality of the work i tell artists all the time the best currency you can have in this business is being dope you know what i'm saying it ain't necessarily about your check or whatever i mean if you got checks and you prepared nigga, i mean that's cool that's that's great but there's been so many times that you know people have offered me like beats and verses rhymes, whatever you know for free just because you know just because of the caliber that they know i'm going to bring to the table and it's times that i've done stuff for other artists you know for free or for not that much money just because i knew it was going to pay dividends later on and in the specific case of that um anthony david record i mean it was a number one it was a number one urban contemporary record you know what i'm saying and so my ass cap checks off that shit was nice <laughs> I mean, so, and it's still getting radio play too and, and a lot yeah, of urban yeah. stations. Yeah, it got a lot of radio play and stuff. So like my check was out like shit, I ain't mad at it. So uh, so that was how it came how it came about and uh, you know, Anthony, that's like family, that's my dude. And um, you know, it was just something that we never we never we never saw it happen like that, but it was kind of a perfect storm. And uh, same with algebra too. Shout out to Algebra Blessed. She's crazy talented, really, really sweet person. So uh, yeah, that was it. 
Okay. Um, I do have a question about like your social media presence um, mm -hmm. and how you reach out to your fans. Um, why do you think that's important? Because that's how we became about. That's how I'm like your local cousin here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yo, I gotta hang out with your husband too. Like, I want to meet him and like, cause every time we see, it's just in real quick. Like, yo, what's up, bro? What's good? What's up? Right. And then to be that, but like, I like to sit down and you know just have have a real nigga conversation. You know what I'm saying with him? Just you know sit back. So, shout out to Bridget's husband. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wanna, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, brother, it's it's it's, it's all good. Like, we family out here. So, uh, but yeah, I guess for me, um, the the social media out reach or whatever um <laughs> social media that sounds like some that's not like you helping retarded kids <laughs> that's just the social media out <laughs> yeah, yeah that's just well you're not on facebook but um i don't facebook either I, facebook is like i just i can't do it i can't <laughs> i can't do it um yeah okay so for me i guess kind of the forerunner for that you know what i'm saying um was uh quest love from the roots and uh with okay player and I just saw how he would just be interacting with motherfuckers. And it's like, nigga, he, and he was just say stuff sometimes. You know what I mean? And I just be like, nigga, did you forget that you quest love? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just, like, he would just be saying, I'm like, bruh, you know what I mean? But, you know, I really admired that about him. You know what I mean? And so I would just look at him and I was just like, well, like, shit, I ain't done. You know, half as much as Quest Love then did. So if he can be out there, then you know I can be out there too. And so, um, so for me, like social media is really, as an artist, it's really about just making a connection with other people. You know what I mean? And just really, just kind of, you know, just showing another side of yourself, showing the human side of yourself. You can't be in promo mode all the time you know what i'm saying i mean this is a business and we got to make money and we got to promote our shows and promote our records and things of that nature but you know it can't be that all the fucking time and you know that was a uh, kind of uh the the quote I, that i come back to in regards to that is with uh, it's a quote that um uh god gary trudeau um from doomsbury he's the comic that wrote the doomsbury uh comic and he had a quote in regards to like talking about social issues and all this shit, right? And so his quote was, which I thought was brilliant, he was like, look, if you write about Vietnam on Tuesday, you better write about basketball on Wednesday. You know what I mean? And the idea was just that saying, eventually at some point, you gotta take your foot off the audience's neck or else your message is gonna, is gonna lose its impact. If you just, so on social media, if it's just always promo, 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 buy this, buy this, my show, buy this, nigga, I'm popping, nigga, buy my shit, nigga, buy it, buy it, buy it. After a while, it's just like, dog, just, okay, we get it, nigga, like, shut the fuck up, you know what I mean? But, you know what I mean? But at some point, you know, you have to just actually connect with people on the level. It's just like, look, whether you buy my shit or not, I'm just here for the joke. Like, for me, like, honestly, I mean, and I, like, I have to look at Nick's page sometimes, because Nick is not, like, a a power tweeter he's more of a facebook guy yeah he's not really like a tweeter twitterer like that like i am i have to look at his face in time to remember like fuck we did for the album I, i'm over here talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm over here goddamn talking shit i'm like man we gotta talk i'm over here damn why the fuck you lying and shit <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> I think that's for me. That's just the jam. I've been, I've been saying fuck out that shit. <laughs> so, so yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, a lot of times, and that's the thing, too, people, like, on Twitter, like, man, I don't even want to talk about music sometimes. Like, we'll, like, me and Bridget, we'll shoot the shit about jams. Like, we'll do the one gotta go. Join. It was one one gotta go you did. I was like, oh, my God. Like, how? How? Like, <laughs> Brute. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, shit. It was like, you cut off one. I was like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> I'm not that one. How you cut that one? <laughs> Oh, that could have been any one of them. I do a lot of those. Yeah, the one gotta go is like those. Those shits is always fun. But uh, but nah. So I I would rather talk about anything that we we talk about food. We talk about relationships. We talk about video games. Like my timeline is not just music, 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 music all the time. Like I just don't like yeah. I yeah. I I kind of go online to get away from that shit. I'm like yo, let's talk about some stupid silly shit. I don't even. My tour date's on the website. You want to see me come, but right now, it's all about these jokes, nigga. <laughs> but you know, I think that's what makes you more relatable, and I think that's what made it e- easier. If I'm just out, you know, speaking out, just for Bridget to kind of approach you because you it, are. It wasn't easy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit wasn't easy. No, for me, I think it. I think it makes it easier for someone to maybe approach you as far as. You know, carry on a conversation because you make it easy for someone to approach you about a conversation. You ain't just like, nah, fuck this nigga. Um, <laughs> it's about my album. It's about my shit. You kind of beneath me, and I like that about artists that are out there. And um, there are only a few that I might talk to when I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a lot, but it's because they're relatable, and you can talk to them. And they don't come off with this, you know, attitude that I'm better than you. My shit's better than you, so... Yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, I think as artists, there's a place for that, you know what I'm saying? And the place for that, I'm better than you, like, spirit, I guess, the place is on stage and in the studio. Yes. Like, that's the place for it. Like, on stage, (laughs) fuck yeah, I think I'm better than you. You (laughs) Like, if you're another artist in the studio, fuck yeah, I think I'm better than you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, like, once I get off stage, it's like, all right, nigga, it's time for some chickens. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you know what I mean? It's like, after that, you know what I'm saying? But So if you come to me like off stage, it's like, yeah, but on stage, yeah, it's fucking war. But after that, I mean, shit, nigga, let's get this three-piece. <laughs> That's right. In a biscuit, nigga. Bring all the carbs, nigga. Carbs. <laughs> yeah, it's a mashed potatoes, too. So, dude, yo, I, yo, I, the other day, okay, so I, right, okay, so, like, I have two boys. I'm a single dad of two boys, and so I mean, I cook, and like a lot of people be surprised. Like, you cook? I'm like, yeah, nigga. You think I just give my kids fucking lunchables and Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I cook, nigga. I mean, I ain't like emerald with the shit, but you know, I, I mean, I can cook. I do the basics pretty well. So there are certain dishes that I, I buy that I don't cook because I don't want to have them in my house. So like, macaroni and cheese is something I don't make. I, I just. I had a recipe, this was years ago, I had a recipe for like the six cheese mac and cheese. Oh. It was like smoked gouda, oh, uh, yeah, uh, a little, I think it was like a little provolone in it. Like it was, I mean, it, the shit was fucking amazing. But I just don't, I can't make it because I could eat a whole pan of that shit by myself. And I'm trying to live, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I can't fuck with it. So macaroni and cheese I don't make, and potatoes, like, um, potatoes like I don't make because I can eat them shits all day there is a brand I don't know if they have it there's a brand of potatoes that like, I'll buy just because it's a small portion and between between me and my boys like I know it's just a small portion it'll be gone 
there's a loaded mashed potatoes that like I think Jimmy Dean made. You know it, you know him from his biscuits. <laughs> you know him the, from the world famous Jimmy Dean of the biscuits. He done he done he done he done unlocked his swag in the potato department. This nigga yeah, got, uh, okay. Oh bruh, he got a he got a loaded potato. It's got like bits of like onions, scallions, mm. um, like green like that shit is fucking amazing. Mm. And yeah, I yeah, it was I just you said potato, it just immediately took me. So shout out to my nigga Jimmy Dean, you know. He <laughs> thought you was done with the goddamn with the sausage biscuits. That nigga like, nah, it's Jimmy Dean 2.0, nigga. All I do is biscuits, nigga. You thought you stop there, nigga? You thought all I knew was biscuits? I bought these potatoes, nigga. <laughs> like that shit was great. Now we gotta have to go look for that in the store. Usually I make my own mashed potatoes and put some garlic salt in there and butter. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. That's great. I mean, and that, like you can make them. Like I mean, you look at the ingredients. You can make it at home, but it's just for the the way my, my cholesterol is set up. I got I got one last question though, man. So so uh. I never told Brittany this, but you were sort of the the inspiration for this podcast. I'm explaining to you why. Oh, oh shit! Man. So, so, <laughs> so look, so look, so I hear Bridget up one day, and I was like, "Yo, I had a dream that we had a podcast." And you know, I told her, you know, me, you, Nisha, Joel, we were doing a podcast. But the reason, the, the, I believe, the reason why I had the dream about the shit was because me and Bridget and all of us were always talking about music on Twitter, and so it immediately made me think of. Gordon Gartrell. Oh, thank you, man. And, I, and I, I remember when you first started doing it, you talked about how people used to always hit you up and ask you what you were listening to, and so you feel like it was the perfect way to kind of put the music out there, and you have fun just talking about shit that was going on in the world. And so th this was, that that's kind of the premise for our podcast. Thank you know, you. we talk about this shit, shit that's going on, but at the end of our podcast, we kind of put people up on music that, you know, they may not hear a lot of independent artists. And so, uh, Gordon Gartrell was kind of an inspiration for that, but, you know, I know you're busy, but any any plans to kind of jump back on that train? Yo, man, no, I, I definitely want to. I mean, I want to. You know, Brainchild, he doesn't really DJ anymore. So, you know, I the thing that made it work was that he handled, Brainchild handled more the technical end of it in terms of, like, getting it up and, like, off the web end of it. And I just handled the production in. So it's like I would do the vocals and kind of put everything together and put the drops over and all that shit. And then I just send the show to him. It's like, all right, go in. You know what I mean? So now, I mean, we're just at a point where, I mean, the podcast game has changed a lot. And really, excuse me, really like more so on the music side, like shit is just kind of, it's kind of up in the air because I mean you got sites like SoundCloud like they taking nigga shit down and like you know what I mean so it's like the mixes that I like to do I mean I'm trying to find the right platform for it so yeah it's definitely something that I want to do and um you know with me again with like all things I mean being a Michael you know it's just not something that I just want to just put out you know I like you know and when we were producing like that shit would take time you know what I mean so it could be like no, I mean, <laughs> we got a podcast in, in waiting right now because <laughs> putting these motherfuckers out is hard. Yeah, yeah, it's not just, it's just when you do it the right way, it really is hard. So, but yeah, it's definitely something that I'm going to do again. I want to, I do, I definitely want to do it. I'm just right now, just trying to find the right people to like help me on the technical end and then find the right 
hosting site. I've heard Mixcloud is good. I've heard uh, Mixcloud is pretty good for like DJs and you can just put up sets or whatever. Um, so I'm investigating that, but uh, but yeah, I'm definitely looking to make a return to it because it was something I enjoyed. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. So we're gonna wrap this. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. This was the asking for a friend and Jimmy Dean mixtape. <laughs> um, we're gonna kick it to a to a commercial break, and we're gonna come back to. Um, we're gonna come right back. into our second segment. Uh, this is the Mr. Pride Car Wash, and we are going to do our take on the uh, 2015 uh, Video Music Awards hosted by MTV, and, you know, we just go, you know what, we're going to get right into the shit that matters, or the shit that might matter to you, or the highlights that might have mattered to the Taylor Swift Awards show. Mm. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I think we, um, Everyone's thing was Nikki and Miley. What's good? You know, what's good, good bitch? What's <laughs> good? What we doing? You know, we gonna meet outside? Which I didn't think that was like the most lackluster ass beef I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like this shit didn't matter. It, nothing about that screen. You gonna take this white bitch down? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, I saw the clip. I saw the clip of it. I mean, I just. I don't know, to me it's just amazing to me that MTV has been able to milk this Taylor Swift, Kanye, like, they've been able to milk that shit, this is what, like, going on, what, three, four fucking years now? Mm -hmm. and, like, I'm like, Jesus, like, people still care about that? Right. But, I mean, yeah. I, if I saw the clip, I was like, yeah. But I saw that they said, like, this was the least watched, this was the least watched VMAs in history. Wow. But it was like the most tweeted in history, which Twitter is only fucking what, like six years old. So, I mean, there ain't a lot of history. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but right. yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah, that's interesting. And that's, that's interesting that you brought up that it was the least watched. And it, they showed it on like five different stations. They had it on VH1, MTV, B. Mm -hmm. Comedy Central, HBO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn, it was tough. Like, really, it's not that fucking serious. It's, it, it's, it's not that good. It, it wasn't. That good. It wasn't that good. I knew it'd be tragic when they said Miley Cyrus will be hosting. Okay. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my, my thing is, it's like as a society, we love to see a fucking train wreck. Mm -hmm. She's like a big dingy ass thing on stage. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't fuck her with Zimmerman's oh dick my God. and my uncle Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> she she looks disgusting. She's mad Nick for the whole show. I mean, skinny as hell. I guess she feels like she's sick because she needs to be half naked, but she, that she was awful to look at, man. That shit was awful to look at. 
Yeah, man. I I, I think like t- I'm not Taylor. I think Miley Cyrus is like just like a, she is like having the hardest time adjusting to her parents' divorce. Like I think it's just I don't know. I it, I don't know. She just seems to be. I mean, you can make the you can make the argument that all artists by nature are attention whores to a degree. I think there has to be a little part of you that has some attention seeking quality that says, hey, I'm gonna make something and it is imperative that you fucking listen to it or you watch it or whatever. You know what I mean? But something with her, like I don't know. Like I'm yeah, her her lifetime movement in twenty years is gonna be really good. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. I'm here I'm 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 here for that. I'm curious to see that one. <laughs> Yeah, because I think like uh, they did an interview with the guy, the producer guy, Mike Will, I know, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, and they were like, you know, he was basically saying that she trolls a lot. I'm like, she is trolling life. It's no longer trolling when you do it 24 7. That's just right, like, right. It's just yeah. constant. Yeah. Uh, what about the highlights? What, what did y'all enjoy? I, I kind of enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed the performance by the weekend, which is ironic because you enjoyed that performance. I know. I, look, <laughs> he I didn't know he performed. He was there. Yeah, he oh. Oh. So, and my, and my thing is, I've never—he's never come across as somebody who would be decent live. And when I say enjoy, forgive me. Let me let me clarify. Because when I saw him, <laughs> no, when I saw his performance, <laughs> I thought this shit was gonna be tragic. <laughs> the, the nigga doesn't come off as somebody they can really sing. So for him to be live is scary, but he held he held it together pretty well. I think I forgot he performed till you just said something. No, I love all the memes because I guess he had fire as his backdrop. Yeah. So all the memes of him like hot dancing, hot flips with the oh. <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was him. Yeah, I saw that. Y'all saw that. Yeah. <laughs> that was fire. Yeah, that was yeah, that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah, but dude, I mean, he can't sing. Like, there's a clip. Because before, I mean, like years ago when he first like was kind of on the come up, and uh, he there was a clip of him because because at first like the big mystery was who, what does he look like, what does he look like, no one knows who is this guy, he's fucking mysterious, whatever the fuck, right? So it's like he his his whole thing was no one knew what he looked like. So someone posted a video of him singing um, in Toronto at like this college or whatever. It's like nigga was singing in the student union or some shit. And he was singing what what you need, what you and I'ma love you girl. That that's right. And which is like still like my favorite song from him. That's like the one I fuck with. But he was just singing it in like a student union, like just and the nigga was killing the shit. So I saw that, I was like, okay, homie can really he can really sing. But um but yeah, I didn't the fire, that that was just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I but I mean, the other person who performed that was really good was Tori oh, Kelly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm not a fan of hers per se, but I did enjoy her performance. Tori, Tori Kelly? Yeah. See, look, see, yeah. I called the VMAs, the Who the Fuck Is This Awards, and your face just did it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, she's pretty okay. <laughs> Have to Google her. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll Google her now because I've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like music that like it's to me it's like music that if you ever and I've said before like if you ever want to if you ever want to just see for yourself 
just like how many white people there are in this country. <laughs> you can either watch the VMAs and or like look at the, the top 10 songs on iTunes or on Spotify. And it would be like, hey, I'm like, yo, who the fuck are these? <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? It's nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, they be popping. You know, you ain't never heard of them before. So it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. The first time I heard of her was, uh, I don't know what award show they was, but they were doing a tribute to Smokey Robinson. BT. BT. And she, and she, she was one of the performers for uh, the tribute to Smokey Robinson, and she did pretty good then. Oh, wow. Okay. That's what's up. <laughs> No, I was like, I mean, gang, she, 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 hey, Smokey's a legend. I mean, great. That's so funny. I don't fuck with the smoke dog. Remember who somebody is? Nigga, I told you I don't know. I just told you ass. I'm going to go situation like they had lifetime achievement awards which kind of relates to my mom's generation they had smoking this time mm-hmm. and they had the bad boy entertainment <clears throat> section this this time um, which is kind of our generation and then they had Fetty Wap performing <laughs> right. so, <laughs> I mean so it's it's kind of a family affair and I think it's more put together I'm more interested in the BET Awards maybe because it's more niggas performing totally 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 now the BET Awards I mean they I mean I can say I mean they tried I kind of saw them like kind of trying to go to like, I, I saw him kind of making inroads, so to speak. It was the year, the year that I actually went, like the one time I fucking went, and it was like in 2007. And like, it was like to see it live, well, I mean, it was taped, but like to just be a part of the production or whatever, um, that was really interesting to see. And so you go there, and like, I remember Wayne, he performed, he did, he did a song that like, I don't think ever came out, or he did it like, I don't think he made his album or whatever. He did a song called Gossip. So he did his record and he was on stage and like he performed and stuff. And it was a song that nobody knew. So Cats was like standing up and they was happy to see Wayne. And it was like, okay. And so then he came off stage and then he like came off stage and he was in front with like all his homies and they were like throwing up, they having their blood rituals and shit. <laughs> and so like it was just 
Yeah, I'm no, it was like it was just gang bang, nigga. It was all that. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? so they was doing that. And that was the year that uh that was the year that um that was the year that T I got caught with guns. Oh, it was that year. And I remember I was staying in like the hotel. It was like the it's like that Marriott is downtown. I can't remember. It's that one on Peachtree. But there's like the there's like the the hotel and then like across the street kind of from it there is a Walgreens. And I remember from my hotel window you could look and see the Walgreens and it was like all these fucking cops out there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like who tried like nigga tried to rob a Walgreens? What are you it was all these cop cars out there. And so then like we kept going, we made it and so that's when the text started coming like yo nigga they got tipped. They got tipped. I'm like they got who is they nigga? Who is they? <laughs> and he was like yo like yo it ain't looking good. It ain't, it ain't looking too good. Like whatever. And so by the time we I got to the award ceremony, that was when, you know, the word was out that kind of was out, like, yo, they caught your man with guns. And then the list came out of what they caught him. I was like, God damn, this nigga was wow, he was that nigga was he was gonna get gonna go get Morpheus or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was that shit was crazy. So all of that was going on, like the the, the tension in the room of that year of like all that shit happening with Tip. And like it was, it was just something kind of in the air. So, so, so Lil Wayne comes, he does his song, and then he goes off and like does his butt thing. And then um, Nelly was there, and he performed his comeback single that Polo the Don produced, and it 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 didn't come back. Right. <laughs> um, like it wasn't. I, like I felt, I felt bad because I was one of the people. Like when there, when all these niggas was on this old real hip hop and fucking hip. I always cut for Cornell. You know what I'm saying? I, I fuck with Cornell when Cornell did the sweat suit album. I like suit. I didn't I didn't really I didn't really sweat. Sweat was whatever, but I like suit. Pimp juice with Ron Osley is one of my favorites. So that's the size point. That's a lot So so anyway, so anyway, BT Awards. Alright, so I saw them kinda trying when they had they had the Gina Six. Do you remember that Gina the Gina Six was one of and they had the Gina Six come out. And I was like, okay, word. Like, that's showing that they're kind of, that was kind of like a precursor, I guess, to kind of the Black Lives Matter movement or whatever. And so they, the dudes came out. I was like, okay, they brought them out. And then, like, a month or two later, the niggas ended up getting arrested again. It was like, okay, it's over. Like, it's, <laughs> no, nobody is marching for you niggas ever again. <laughs> nah, we know. Let's put the t-shirts up, people. We, we ain't much for these niggas no more. <laughs> so... But, but they try. I do. I agree with you, Bridget. They they all try. They do try to kind of bridge the gap a little more and show like the old school, the cats now, and then you know the younger generation. So I I, I do applaud them for that. They they are they are making inroads with it. Let's get let's get let's let's get everyone's thoughts on your boy uh, Kanye, Kanye. Oh. and that twenty minute rant about it was twenty minutes. Oh nigga, <laughs> nigga, he was up there at. I mean, wow. and let me say, I can fuck with Kanye because That's he, he makes right. hits, excluding 808s and Heartbreak, but my nigga makes hits. Right, right. <laughs> but, dude, he, he's like, <clears throat> some people are good at a lot of things, and he's one of those people, but public speaking is not his strong suit. 
Yeah, man. Kanye, I didn't I didn't see the rant. I saw like of course clips of Twitter and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And people like saw somebody like put the Seinfeld music under him and shit. <laughs> 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 I saw that. But the thing about Kanye, man, that I can say, and, and I've said this before, and, you know, people always talk about, you know, it's, I want the old Kanye back and the new Kanye, what I want the old Kanye. The Kanye. thing about him, man, I mean, well, from the time I met him in 2003, when we first met, the, the guy you see now and the guy that I saw back then, like, they are the exact same nigga. It's just... <laughs> They are the it is that nigga is who he is and now it's just he has a bigger platform to be that nigga. But he is still that nigga. He is no. like he is that has been him. You know what I'm saying? So if nothing else, I can applaud him for being a guy that gets to live out his dream on fucking you know in front of like all these millions of people you know what i mean on a bigger platform but yeah that's always been him so like just those kind of rants that come out of nowhere and stuff like i remember like calling him like i mean this and again this is god this is 2003 but i remember like calling him one time and he would just pick up the phone and be in mid conversation and i'm just like okay nigga like it, it was like the greek tragedies they start in medius res that was Kanye. Like he was, he was like the fucking, yeah. He he was the the fucking like Sophocles of of hip hop. It was just, it, it, it would just start, and I'm like, nigga, where did we? How did we? But yeah, my nigga, you know, Jesus Boggs. That was a conscious. That was. A, that was a, no, I, I'm I can't make this shit up. I swear to God. He was just, he was, yeah, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my nigga. You know, Jesus Boggs. That was, you know what I'm saying? I did that. That was a gospel record. I got a gospel record on the radio, my nigga. Okay. <laughs> so you know what I mean, and that was and that was how the conversation would start. And so, so I just say that to say like he has been the same dude. So him giving a twenty minute rant at the VMAs, that's pretty much par for the course. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that sounds about right. In the infamous, in the infamous words of Fonte, uh, he said that money don't change; it would just make you more what you already are. No, it don't do it. I mean, and, and that shit makes him, he is the most Kanye he has ever, <laughs> has ever Kanye. Like, <laughs> so. Kanye, that's, why, that's the main reason why I watched the show, because I knew he was gone. Give me one. And he did. He did, yeah. He gave you 20. <laughs> he gave me 20. Hey, but he dropped one gem in the middle of all that. But then he did admit that he, you know, rolled him one beforehand. Get yourself a little loose, get a little right. But then he announced at the very end that he was running for president in 2020. <laughs> I don't know president of what. <laughs> he didn't say United States. <laughs> <laughs> so the you know the verdict's still out. But I don't know. I like it. I like but the thing is, I think he could actually run. I mean, oh, I think he could okay. do it. Now, not that I would want him to. Oh, okay. okay. But not that I would want him to, let me be clear. But he could, I mean, look, dude, you gotta understand, like, this is, we live in a country, we live in a country where we have had two governors that have been, like, professional wrestlers and shit. Well, one was a professional wrestler. Like, we had Jesse Ventura, you know what I'm saying? Jesse, the, the body Ventura, he was Minnesota. And then we had Arnold Schwarzenegger, who 
was California. And I mean, dude, he was a fucking actor. You know what I mean? Like this nigga went from acting to bodybuilding to president. Oh, well, damn the president, wow. president, but to the governor. You know what I'm saying? And I honestly think he could have made an honest run at president, but they, he couldn't because he's not American more citizen. So as much as celebrity driven as our culture is, it is not far-fetched at all for Kanye to have a serious run in 2020. Like, I just can't, I wouldn't put it past us as Americans. We, I mean, we got Donald Trump and he's leading in a damn Republican, look at his initial face. <laughs> he's leading in a damn Republican uh, primary, so. And then yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he's leading. He's leading. And I think he's leading. The reason I think Donald Trump is leading is because he, he Donald Trump just he is the person that a lot of people wish they could be, but they too broke to be. You yes. know what I mean? Like he is the nigga, like that nigga don't give a fuck. He no. like, yeah, if the Black Lives Matter come to me, I'm gonna beat him up. It's like nigga, sit your own <laughs> you interrupt me, I'll kick him off the stage. I'm like, nigga, you like what? Like, he's, like, against immigration and shit, but, like, he married, like, two Russian bitches. It's like, dog, how you against Mexicans? You against immigration, but, like, got these male order bitches coming over. Like, from, you know what I mean? It's, yo, like, yo, he, I I respect just the, the hubris and just the arrogance of him because he is who I think a lot of people want want to be like i remember he made a statement it was years ago but they asked him about race relations or whatever he was like oh yeah i'm good with blacks <laughs> the black. like, that was it i'm good with the blacks <laughs> <laughs> all of them all the blacks you i'm good with you i'm good are you black i'm good with you we all good but yeah, he's winning. He's like the lead, and that shit is that shit is kind of amazing and sad at the same time. Yeah, it's fucking scary. That shit's scary. Yeah, very much so. Real scary. Real scary. I'm just thinking, you do you want him or do you want Ben Carson? Because he's number two. Neither one of them motherfuckers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is the problem? Because I'm, because I, I'm late sometimes to the black meetings. All right. So I, I, I don't get, I don't get my black meeting reports. <laughs> you know, I, I, I miss the TPS reports from the black meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay. So what is, what is black Twitter's problem? Why, why do we hate Ben Carson? What, what's the problem? With them? I, just, I honestly don't know. I don't follow politics like that. What's the, what's the issue with Ben Carson? I'm gonna let Ted take it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna let Ted take it. <laughs> Look, first of all, I have to repeat this because, uh, you know, it's, it's worth saying, but, you know, I want to send a big fuck you to the city school system here. Give <laughs> 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 it hands. <laughs> but, um, man, he just got a lot of a, a lot of radical uh, thoughts about the black community. Um, he, he's made statements like, uh, well, and not even just about the black community, but just some of the shit he says is just crazy. Like, he made the comment that uh, the Jews were to blame for the Holocaust. Uh, basically saying that they weren't, uh, they didn't have the wherewithal to stand up for themselves and what they believed in, and it, they allowed themselves to be, uh, I guess, pretty much taken over by the Nazis there and placed in these camps. And it's their fault. He actually said that? And like, he's still alive? Yes, nigga. Yes. Yo, yeah. Again, yo, I, 
I salute the hubris. Even again, <laughs> like nigga, you a, a black person said some shit about some Jews? Nigga? Oh nigga, he said that slavery was the best thing that happened to black people. Oh yeah, he did say. Oh wow. Now, what's the rationale for that? Like how how? Uh, I he, I think he talked about, and I didn't, I can't remember exactly, but he talked about how just um we. I guess America was able to kind of establish itself with laws, and we were able, they were able to govern themselves, and just I kind of I guess kind of set like uh, a precedent for how the country would run, and why okay. did it, and, and it gave us structure. It's basically what he's saying. Oh wow! Okay. Um, wow. He's got some radical ass ideas, man, and it's it's sad as hell to see like all the good that he's done, and as ma- as amazing as his story is as a black man. Mm-hmm. You don't mean shit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the thing is, and and this is kind of my thing too. With I guess with like Ben Carson, and also I guess you can kind of tie it in a little bit too to like Bill Cosby, which mm-hmm. is uh-huh. not that's just not a topic I'm gonna fucking touch right now. <laughs> but <laughs> that's just a whole nother thing. But you know what I'm saying. But the thing is, like you know, who was it? I was talking on Twitter with someone, and um, they were just talking about like we were talking about the law and everything. And they all were saying, like, if you are if you are a defense attorney and, you know, you're trying to get the jury together, whatever, the people that you don't want on the fucking stand on in a jury are old black men. <laughs> like, those are the niggas that you do not want, because those are the ones who are more, you know, as they get older, it's like, look, I came out the hood, I survived, you know, I got mine. Why the fuck can't you get yours? You know right. what I mean? And so for me, like as I get older, like I try not to like I'm like I'm trying, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like um you know what I'm saying? Like I don't I, I try to have compassion for the younger generation. It's like my I guess my attitude it goes between like compassion and like what the fuck are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm trying to keep that compassion, but I can I, I'm gonna say I can relate to Ben Carson because to tell Jewish people like they was responsible for the Holocaust, like nigga, that takes titanium balls, like Man. crazy. But you know, and to say niggas was better off for of slavery, it's just like God, like you, you crazy for this one, Rick? This one, Rick? But but I think that I think like cats like him. I mean, just as if you look at what them niggas went through, because you gotta understand. And again, I'm not excusing what he's saying. I'm just. My thing, whenever I see people like just say outlandish shit like that, I kind of just try to see their perspective and think, okay, what would make a person say that? And so with like old niggas, and, when, and I'm just meaning like old niggas, like men and women, like people of like our parents' generation and like people older than them, like them niggas experience like racism. You know what I mean? Like real, like cracker ass, cracker ass, cracker, cracker ass racism. You know what I mean? Like not just, you know, someone said something insensitive to me on Twitter and I reported them. No, like, nigga, there was a fucking cross burning in my front yard. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So I can understand how people who came out of a time when racism was just so violent and just in their faces, and you can make an argument that, you know, we're kind of seeing the same shit now, um, or resurgence of it. Like, racism is back, nigga. Racism then came back, like, flat top and acid wash jeans, like, you know what I mean? Like, racism is back. Like, it's back to attack black. 
you know what I mean? Like it's just back and forth for us. So I can understand how some people like like Ben Carson, whatever. I can get how that's it, looking at what they had to overcome. You know what I'm saying? Cause like what he was like like the first like black open heart surgeon or something like that. Was, like just think about that. Like think about how many just first off, just the phrase first black. Mm-hmm. Just think that like if you are the first black anything, you can have a movie made about you. Yep. No, he did. He did have a movie. Yeah, yeah, he had the gifted hands joint. Like right. my son read that book. He liked the book. But it's like, dude, if you are the first black anything and you think about like what them niggas had to go through, I can be a little more sensitive or understanding. If not, it's, it's certainly not in agreement of their views. I can have a greater understanding of how they arrived to those views. Because well, the shit that them niggas went through to do what they did is like, shit is insane. But uh, and thinking about that though, I think the big problem is that there's a disconnect between understanding what the problems of this generation are and the problems of their generation. See, back oh, then, I agree. I agree. And see, I, we're in education. I see a lot of issues, but back then they dealt with racism, but they dealt with racism with a strong family structure. So you and might have been called a nigga 24 seven, but when you got home, you got love from your mama and your dad and your family was there. But you know, I I, I mean, I, I got kids today, dude, that. When you talk about their home lives, I man, it, it would break your heart to know what they dealing with at home and to think that school is like a safe haven for these. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go home. So they're dealing with, a, the generation right now is dealing with a totally different set of issues that affect how they're being raised and how they're going to grow up to become citizens in this country. And so to place your standards on, on that generation, it, 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 it don't add up. No, I agree. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, when we had like school closings here, there were... There were like, I guess like agencies, I don't know if it was like Salvation Army or whatever, that was offering meals because there was like a big percentage of kids, school lunch was the only meal get. And so it was like, God damn, you know what I mean? You just never think of it like that, but but yeah, but no, I I totally agree. I mean, but the kids are going home too now and back then they did it with family structure, but now in our community, a lot of times, just the family structure is just totally, it's, it's totally not what it used to be. So I, I agree with you completely on that. All right, well, we're going to wrap this, this segment up. <laughs> um, I think I think we've gone over long enough. we got one more segment. It's going to be really quick. So we'll be right back with the Pop Tune segment. Swat, 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 then I pop my car, then I will come back, pump up the world, I'm a pretty bitch, I am the man, I am the man. Well I tried to tell you so, but I guess you didn't know, as they say the story goes, baby now I got the flow, cause I knew it from the start, baby when you broke my heart. That I had to play the game And show you that I'd win Your lie to me All those times you said that I love you Your lie to me Yes, I tried Yes, I tried Your lie to me Even though you know I died for you Your lie to me Return of the man. Return of the man. 